Hi, and welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. This podcast is all about how we can learn, grow, and strengthen from the challenges that everybody faces in life, valuing them as part of what makes us who we are and equips us for our future success. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi, this is Toby Hazelwood with Kintsugi Life Podcast, episode 005. Today's episode is all about how to break through our fears and limiting beliefs. Everyone faces times of adversity in our lives. There's no shortcut to success or happiness. There is no easy path that offers shortcuts or which skips over the hard times. Everyone faces challenges and what differentiates those who manage from those who are broken is both the degree to which they accept this in the first place and the way in which they seek to adapt, learn and grow from the hard times rather than letting themselves be broken. Even those who are resolute about going through life with an intention to take on adversity, to learn, strengthen and grow from times of challenge can still experience and suffer from the doubts that we all have within ourselves. These are the self-limiting beliefs that many recognise as that persistent voice in our minds that constantly questions what we're doing and which seeks to undermine us. It reminds us how tough life is, how poorly equipped we are to get through the difficulties, and it tries to encourage us to take the path of least resistance. It's there to keep us safe, but if it's not managed properly, it can serve to bring us down, lower our ambitions, breaking down our self-worth and our self-belief, and causing us to feel frustrated, unfulfilled and miserable in the process. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the difficulties I've experienced in managing my own self-limiting beliefs and my negative self-talk. I want to share the many effects of these and the impacts I've felt in my life, and the tactics that I try to employ to help manage this on a daily basis. So with that said, let's get started. So as you're hopefully aware by now, the Kintsugi life philosophy is all about how we strengthen and grow and become better versions of ourselves by the way that we deal with and learn from adversity and challenge. Now those challenges and those times of difficulty may come about in any aspect of our lives, whether in our personal relationships or at work or in our business, or indeed any aspect of life where we're, we're trying to proceed through and achieve a certain goal or a certain purpose. We all face difficulty and that's an inevitability of life. Now one of the key things in that is not just accepting that challenge and difficulty is an inherent part of life and it's part of what makes us grow and makes us develop as human beings, but it's in managing the voices that we hear within our own minds. And I'm not talking about schizophrenia, which is obviously a very serious medical condition and very very limiting for the people that suffer from it, I don't doubt. But it's the, the voice that we hear within our minds that's constantly there telling us that we're facing something that's hard, something that's difficult, reminding us that it's going to be difficult, reminding us that we may not have what we need to, to get through that time of challenge, that we should be suspicious, that we should be fearful. And that's part of, um, part of our innate biochemistry, if you like, and it's part of the brain that's there to keep us safe from harm. Now, in our, in our kind of prehistoric life, when we were being prowled by um, saber-toothed tigers and subject to all sorts of predators, that formed a useful purpose, you know, and it still does to an extent. You know, we still need part of our brain that's there to kind of sense danger and warn us and, and give us that shot of adrenaline to, 
maybe give us the fear that's needed to react in the appropriate way. But self-limiting beliefs are kind of a representation which isn't in proportion and which isn't really helpful. Because quite often when we're facing something that's difficult or something that's just kind of part of the day-to-day -day challenge of life, hearing those voices that say, you know, this is difficult, this is taxing, this is potentially not going to go well, isn't helpful when all we really need to do is to carry on doing what we're doing and trust in ourselves. So that's where self-limiting beliefs come in and how they can potentially influence our lives. And what I want to talk about in this podcast is to kind of give some illustrations of the way that I personally face self-limiting beliefs all the time and some of the tactics and strategies that I've tried to adopt in my life as I deal with them. So some examples of the, the fears and the limiting beliefs that we can kind of hear within our own minds as we try and go ahead with life and we're trying to work through day-to-day -day life can include many different things and influence us on many different levels. So some of the things that I've kind of noted down as, as ways in which I believe self-limiting beliefs kind of hamper me at times are in things such as the pursuing of a new and positive relationship, whether that's been a rom romantic relationship or a new friendship or a, a new relationship with a new boss as I work for a new client or um, as I'm trying to network with new business contacts, you know, any environment in which I'm actually meeting people and trying to get to know them and trying to let them get to know me can potentially be hampered when, when self-limiting beliefs kick in and I think that maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I'm not what they need or I'm not smart enough or I'm not attractive enough or I'm not engaging enough or funny enough. You know, it's all of those kinds of thoughts that run through your head as you're stood there talking to someone and wondering what they're thinking about you. In reality, you know, you have no idea and, and there's that old saying, what other people think of me is none of my business. But, you know, it's not only none of my business, it's also something I'm never really likely to know anyway. But when we hear those limiting beliefs, all that we're doing is kind of projecting what we think the other person thinks of us. And it's so far from the truth and it's so unlikely that they're actually going to be thinking exactly what we think they're thinking that it just kind of demonstrates when you think of it in those terms how pointless it is. You know, the next aspect I kind of thought of was in when I'm trying to kind of form positive bonds or do new things with my kids or trying to have fun with um, family members as we kind of undertake to have a family day out. You know, you've got all those limiting beliefs in your mind that you know, you kind of, you think to yourself, oh, this is going to be a grind, this is going to be a chore, the kids aren't going to enjoy it, the kids are going to squabble, it's going to be hard to make sure they're all engaged and all involved and all treated equally. And in reality, you know, from most kids' perspective, I'm sure that they're delighted to spend time with their family members, with their parents, and, and be given the, the opportunity to, to explore new activities and do new things and have fun. And so really, when we kind of portray our limiting beliefs onto that, what we're really thinking is, actually, do I really want to do this? Or, you know, are we projecting onto it that, you know, we're kind of worried it's going to be a waste of our time? And, and in reality, all that we're trying to do is come up with reasons why maybe it's not going to work out or it's not something that we want to throw ourselves into and you know those both of those outcomes would would potentially hinder the the effectiveness of the activity in the first place so again completely unhelpful the next area is um, where we're potentially having to put ourselves into an uncomfortable social situation now I don't know about you but I'm not someone who's naturally kind of outgoing or effervescent in a, in a kind of social setting or even sometimes in a business setting. And I think what I've learned to do over time, given that I'm self-employed and I have to network with people and 
I often work for different clients and have to form good working relationships with people quickly, is I have to go into those uncomfortable situations, but I find it somewhat easier somehow because it's a business thing, you know, and it's kind of expected and it's necessary. But when we're talking about uncomfortable social situations, again, we have all those those familiar challenges that I mentioned just a few moments ago of, of wondering if we're really going to fit in, if we're really going to kind of meet the mark of, of I don't know, engaging conduct or behaviour that, that other people are going to be making in that scenario. Um, you know, when you, a classic example is when you go to a, a wedding. You know, of course, you're invited to the wedding because you have some connection with either the bride or the groom, presumably, or you know, the family of the people that are getting married. But the fundamental nature of it is likely that you're going to be one of a group of people from a number of different spheres of the lives of the bride and groom. And there aren't going to be a lot of people there that you know, or at least there are going to be a lot of people there you don't know. And, and that can be an extremely uncomfortable situation because, for me at least, I find myself going into it thinking, hmm, I'm going to have to justify how I know these people and how I'm worthy of an invite and you know, what part I've played in their lives. And, and is it, does it start to feel competitive because you're not as close to the bride and groom as some of the other people who are there? It's kind of those bizarre challenges that I find get thrown up in my own self-limiting beliefs when I'm entering into such a situation that, that really serve no useful purpose, but merely kind of serve to make me feel uncertain that I actually want to go into that situation or that I, you know, I doubt that I'm, I, I start to kind of think if I should try and come up with an excuse as to why I don't have to go there or be there or be part of it. So the next area is, is in kind of how we view a situation where we perhaps need to push ourselves forward for a promotion at work or apply for a new job in, the, in our department because we see an opportunity there for personal growth. Or alternatively, the simple act of speaking up in a meeting, you know, coming up with an idea or answering a query that the boss may have put out there. <clears throat> and I think, you know, the self-limiting beliefs and the self-talk that I often find coming through my mind when I'm in such a situation is, is kind of, you're undermining your own, the strength and the power of your own beliefs and the, the quality of the things that you know and the quality of input that you have to give in that scenario. You know, your, your self-limiting belief and your self-talk may be that, you know, you're safer if you just keep your hand down or if you just stay in the situation you're in, stay in the job you're in because you know you can deal with that, whereas you're probably not good enough for the next job or, you know, you haven't got anything of value to add in this meeting, therefore you're probably best keeping quiet or just nodding in agreement. And the reality is <clears throat> that you're, you're probably doing yourself a massive disservice, you know, the people that get places and that go places and manage to achieve things in their lives and in their careers and their business are those who are, are kind of willing to sort of put their head above the parapet and, and to go for it and you know accept that they're going to fail from time to time they may make suggestions which are kind of wide of the mark but fundamentally at least they've given it a go and they've sort of exposed themselves to, to the, the situation and kind of get credit for that very reason that they've actually decided to take action decided to say something. And that's, that's obviously how it can impact if you're an employee. If you're a, a business owner or an entrepreneur in some way, you know, there's also the, the, the self-limiting beliefs and self-talk that comes about when you're, you're in the process of creating a new business or a new product or you know, you're writing a, you've written a blog and you're gonna release it to the world or you've created a video and you're gonna put it out there and see if, if there's any interest in it. And the self-talk immediately kicks in for me when when I'm doing such a thing and I've written something and I kind of reread it and I think, you know what, that's absolute garbage. I can't see that anyone's gonna get any value from that. 
I really doubt that it's anything new and I doubt that it's original and I doubt that it's going to kind of find a, a mark or help anyone. And, and so those doubts are there and the voice inside of me saying, well, you know, why have you wasted your time producing this? Why are you thinking in terms of, of kind of broadening your horizons? You should just stick with what you know, stick with your day job, you know? And, and it's those kinds of questions that your mind throws up. You know, what right do you have to do this? That, that kind of really, really serve to, take, to put a, a dampener on your enthusiasm and a dampener on your, your action motivation if you don't manage it. In, in kind of our relationships, in our romantic relationships, and in my marriage, you know, there's, there's always the, the, the self-limiting talk there about questioning something that your, your partner or your spouse has done. You know, there's, there's, there's kind of the arguments, the inevitable arguments and the bickering that happens in, in every relationship, I guess, or maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is. You know, there's always the, the kind of the, the voice inside that's, that's kind of reminding you of the things that that other person said and, you know, the, all the many ways in which they potentially were were wrong and, and how they should feel lucky to have you and they should feel grateful for everything that you do for them and that they just take you for granted and you know you're not valued and you're not appreciated when in reality you know probably what we need to be doing when we've had an argument is is taking the bold step and being you know putting aside the vulnerability associated with it and being the first one to say you know what I screwed up and I'm sorry um, I feel hurt by this, but I'm sorry that I said hurtful things as well. And you know, being the first one to say you say I love you or I'm sorry is a really empowering thing in a relationship, and it's a really healthy thing too. And I think that when you you kind of resist doing that and you resist taking that bold first step, often that's a self-limiting belief. You know, that's your your fears controlling you and and your your kind of mind saying to you, well, I'm not going to give ground and. I'm not going to put you in that vulnerable position of saying sorry because I don't think you are sorry. Well, you know, whether you do or don't think you're sorry, the fact is being the first one to say you're sorry is the first step to, to kind of making sure that that situation heals and, and being open to resolving it rather than letting things linger and letting the, the negativity hang around. And I guess the final blanket sort of example of how I find that self-limiting beliefs impact upon my life is is at times when you know I'm required to assert myself and protect my rights or protect my interests or protect the rights and interests of those I love rather than kind of meekly submitting and just letting life happen you know sometimes things do need to be fought for a little bit and I don't mean necessarily in a physical sense but you know sometimes you do need to make sure that you you're doing everything you can to put yourself to the head of the queue and to make sure that you kind of you get all the support that you need or that your kids get all the support they need in school and you maybe tackle a situation such as a you know a, a teacher who your child isn't getting on with or not learning very well from or that potentially you need to consider moving your kids to a different school because they're not getting stretched or they're not getting taxed enough to to kind of help them to grow and to learn and so you know the tendency can be your self-limiting beliefs come in and you think well I don't really want to rock the boat I don't want to upset people I want to you know kind of keep everything on an even keel so it's probably best I say nothing you know and that is your self-limiting talk you know that's your lizard brain saying I don't want to change anything here I don't want to to risk upsetting the apple cart so it's probably best I just keep things down and and that's not necessarily the right thing to do sometimes you do need to make the difficult decisions and take on the difficult conversations and it's just a fact of life so I guess the key thing that is in each in each instance when when we're kind of contemplating doing something, taking action, whether that's you know in our relationships or at work, in our business, or 
in kind of overcoming a, a challenge or a difficult situation, there is something that needs to be done. There is action that needs to be taken. And the self-limiting belief and the self-talk that comes up from within our minds is just, again, just we need to remember this. It's just about our brain trying to protect us from something that it perceives to be risky. And it's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to accept that that's something that, that our brain is kind of naturally wired to do. But what we then need to do is to try and make sure that we're not allowing it to interfere with us taking action. We need to make sure we get past those limiting beliefs and fears, assuming that there isn't a genuine and clear danger that's presented. And then, and then figure out how we best get into the activity and do it with our full effort. You know, even if we do manage to get past the fears sometimes, even if we do kind of say, well, I'm going to ignore this and I'm going to get on and do it anyway, you know, there can also be limits on how much effort we apply to something because we kind of go into it half-hearted or we go into it expecting failure or, ex or fearful of, of things going wrong. So we don't kind of commit to the activity and commit to the task with all of our effort and all of our attention, but rather we go into it half-heartedly. So again, that's kind of letting the fear win. And what we really need to be do is what we really need to be doing, sorry, is to actually throwing ourselves into it and actually anticipating positive results and expecting the positive results, not just kind of, oh, well, I'm going to do it and see what happens, but actually I'm going to do this and I'm going to damn well do what's necessary to make it work. So I hope that at least it kind of allows you to understand now where I'm coming from with this and, and to see some of the areas that I've kind of experienced the self-limiting beliefs and the kind of dangers and the difficulties that I face daily. And I do face them daily, frequently. You know, I've been going through a little process this week where I've kind of doubted everything I'm doing. Once again, you know, I'm kind of investing myself in, myself in loads of different areas of life. I'm doing my day job, but I'm also getting up early in the morning and working late into the night on other things. But it's all about trying to make sure that I'm, I'm doing everything that I need to do in order to make my life and the life of my wife and my kids and my family exactly how I want it. And my self-limiting talk is there in the background telling me that I must be mad, asking what I'm doing, asking me why I think I've got the skills, what gives me the, the right to think I've got the, the knowledge or the experience or the ability to do this and to, to do the things I'm doing. And I'm constantly having to battle that down. I'm constantly having to figure out how to contain that or how to get through it. Because I know what it is, but it doesn't necessarily always make it easy to get through. And that's really what I need to be ma managing in my life. And I think that that probably is a challenge that most people face as well. And just to kind of reassure you and re-emphasize, it's not just in my business life that, that this is kind of constantly a feature for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, anyone who knows anything about me knows that one of the biggest facets of my life is my, my parenting of my kids. Um, I've co-parented my two daughters for over 10 years now since the divorce from, from their mother. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've raised two daughters from the ages of, well, I guess seven and, and three to right up to the ages they are now, you know, 18 and, and nearly 15, if that adds up. Maybe I've got their ages wrong on this instance. And apologies if I have for those who are kind of totting up how many, how many years have passed. But essentially, you know, that's played a big part of my life. 50% of the time for those 10 years plus, I've been a, a single parent. and. You know, I'm constantly plagued by the doubts that I'm doing the right thing for my kids and feeling guilty when I think I've made the wrong decision or, or lost my temper when I didn't deserve to lose my temper or when I just think about how I could or should be doing better to help my kids in this world and to raise them to be the, the people that I want them to be. 
and you know it's the self-limiting beliefs that that are kind of constantly calling into question my my skills and my ability and my my devotion and my love and and kind of making me doubt everything that I'm doing and it's really unhelpful it doesn't help me be a better dad it doesn't help me raise better kids but it's constantly there preventing me potentially from taking action if I don't manage it if I don't sort of recognize those questions as what they are which is is kind of self-limiting talk you know my marriage as well you know I've remarried and happily so and I love the life that I have with my wife who I, I spend the other 50% of my life with you know we live apart for half the time but I'm constantly doubting whether I'm doing enough or being enough to, to my wife you know I've I've learned lessons from my past and from the failings of my first marriage but have I truly learned them you know am I applying them or am I in danger of falling into the same traps of, of behaving in a certain way and eliciting certain responses or or am I confident that I'm, I'm doing everything that I can be doing for her and and also for myself you know playing the role that I should be playing for myself in in that marriage am I taking care of myself am I being you know, looking after my own interests and my own feelings and generally being true to myself and everything that I need in order that I can be the person I want to be to her as well. And that's all self-limiting talk. It's all that voice inside of me saying, you know, you've you've messed up one marriage, what's to think you're not going to mess this one up as well? Or <clears throat> you've, you've proven time and again that you fail in relationships, so why is this one going to be any different? Or, you know, all of those kinds of questions that your mind throws up at you. And it's, it's kind of the whole, the whole essence of this topic is that there might not necessarily be any substance to any of those feelings. You know, I happen to think I'm a pretty good dad. I happen to think I'm a pretty devoted husband and I'm a good provider for my family. So, you know, in my own view, if I'm being objective about it, whilst I'm not going to blow too much sunshine over myself, um, I don't genuinely believe I have cause to feel those doubts. But it doesn't stop me from feeling them. You know, and what's really important is how I react to those fears and those doubts. You know, if I listen to those questions that my mind throws up and I listen to the inner narrative, then I'm constantly going to be hearing, you're not good enough, or what makes you think you're good enough, or when are you going to get found out, or who are you fooling, or what are you trying to prove, what else could you be doing, what, why are you trying to do this, shouldn't you be relaxing? You know, all of those questions that my mind throws up in a bid to potentially I guess shield me from any future failure but if I listen to every question or if I genuinely got involved in negotiating myself with myself and kind of having the inner debate I wouldn't do anything I wouldn't ever get on and tackle an action or take action or write anything or do anything with my kids or do anything to invest myself in my relationship I probably wouldn't even have another relationship because I would be controlled by those inner voices and controlled by those self-limiting beliefs so one of, the, one of the big gurus that I have and the people whose work I love to read and I love to listen to talk is a guy called Seth Godin. Now many of you may have not encountered his, his kind of writing and he's a, he's a kind of marketing guru. And he talks about for people who, who like writing um, and people who, who basically write stuff to be read by the public. So if you write a book or if you write an article for a blog or for a magazine, you know, he talks about the constant battle that people have who write in, in kind of getting that work shipped out to the world, in, in not just writing something and then letting it sit on your desktop or in your journal, never to be read by anyone else, but the kind of need to actually push past that fear of putting it out in the public domain and seeing what people think of it. And he talks about there needing to be a kind of duality in our minds, a kind of an approach that says, 
it's kind of a voice that says to us, this might work and it might not work. You know, there's two possible outcomes here. One is that we put something out there in the world, we do, an, we do something or we take an action or we take a step. You know, the outcomes of that, of that thing are that it will either work or it won't work. And we have no control over that. We have no ability to determine what's gonna happen in life. We just have to go with it. And really, my, my kind of principle of life, if you like, in terms of how I accept these um, limiting beliefs and how I manage them, is constantly to remind myself that if, if ever I feel any fear, assuming I've kind of qualified that it's not genuine, I need to get out there and I need to take the step and say, this might work, it might not work. So when we accept that kind of model of this might work, this might not work, or whatever other kind of model you find helpful, it then becomes the, the kind of reminder that we give ourselves, the kind of response that we can kind of play back whenever we find ourselves consumed by these self-limiting beliefs. You know, when we kind of recognize that those doubts and fears for what they are, for they're basically our brain, our mind, trying to take care of us, you know, trying to preserve us and trying to keep us safe from harm, we can kind of quickly acknowledge that, oh, there's my brain giving me that reminder again. You know, and, and sometimes it's a good prompt. Sometimes it's a good natural break to put on our momentum. Um, I know when I was kind of in between marriages, as it were, and I'd kind of, I felt like I'd healed from the first marriage and I was contemplating dating again. And I kind of went back into the dating scene and felt that that maybe I'd kind of learned the lessons and maybe I understood now what it was I really wanted and needed in a relationship, both for myself and for my kids and, and who I needed to be in a relationship. And I was ready to date again. Then I found myself kind of very excited by the prospect and very enthused by the prospect. And I guess I had that tendency to, to kind of potentially throw myself into relationships quicker than I should have done, rather than just kind of dating people and, and seeing if there was a natural connection there. I kind of almost seemed to invest myself in each person that I met to such a degree that a kind of mini relationship, if you like, of a couple of months or more would always kind of follow on. And I think if I'd listened to those doubts and those limiting beliefs a little bit more, I might have recognized in that instance that they weren't just limiting beliefs, they weren't just kind of my natural response to, to change and kicking in and, and making me question what I was doing, but actually it might have been good to listen to those and think a little bit more do I really see a future with this person or is, are they the right person for me? Am I the right person for them? So I, I'm not saying we should always ignore the doubts and we shouldn't always kind of listen to them and maybe have a little bit more of a think and become a bit more mindful as we work through life because we don't want to become that person that keeps blundering along, making the same mistakes again, making the same misjudgments and same errors as we kind of misjudge character or misjudge situations, but actually we should learn from what we're doing, you know, that's the very essence of the Kintsugi life philosophy. Um, so I'm not saying ignore them all the time, but what I'm saying is recognize them for what they are. And once you can kind of rationalize that it's not a, a damage to your, your kind of safety or not a, a kind of danger that, that really you need to indulge in, then recognize actually it's just your, your limiting beliefs. And in fact, what you really need to do is do, act, take the step, have the difficult conversation, make the decision, and then accept that it might work and it might not work. There is, there's two possible outcomes and equally, each of those is equally valid and equally possible. But fundamentally, you've taken that decision and you are acting. 
and you're going to do it with the best of your ability, with full commitment and with full dedication. And in that way, you have a reasonable chance of, of being able, a reasonable right to expect the right result and to expect the, the results that you deserve from that action, knowing that you're going into it fully committed and devoted and hoping that you've got a reasonable chance of seeing the results you desire. And it's kind of ultimately about making sure that when you're on the edge of something, and this is another, another kind of philosophy, I guess, that I should attribute to Seth Godin here rather than taking credit for it for myself, but really he talks about when you're on the edge of something, you know, if you think of that as a precipice and that you're about to jump off of the cliff and take that bold step, you know, you have the choice there where you can blink and you might just miss the opportunity. You might miss that kind of moment where you had the the boldness and you had the bravery and you had the the genuine belief that you might be able to do it. And then you blink and the moment's gone and you kind of have lost the opportunity to act. You've lost the opportunity to to do the right thing, to do the thing that you know deep down you really wanted to do had you not just listened to your self-limiting beliefs. And what I'm really urging you to do, I guess, in this in this podcast, aside from all the things I've just mentioned there, is if you can just take the decision that more often than not you're going to choose that bold action, you're going to choose to acknowledge your mind and then thank it for raising the questions that it's brought up for you. You're thanking it for the protection but ultimately, you're going to choose to take that bold action. You're going to take the bold decision. You're going to take the difficult decision. And you're going to do. And by doing and expecting the results, you give yourself far greater a chance of achieving what you want to achieve. And then, you know, before you know it, the more actions you take, the more results you see. And the more benefits you gain in life. And the more, actually, you develop the habit of challenging and changing those limiting beliefs and giving yourself more of a bank of evidence that actually prove you can use to prove to yourself time and time again that each time you pushed forwards, you kind of got a result. You may not have got the result you desired, you may not have got the result you really wanted or expected even, but you got a result, even if that result was some further opportunity for learning, for growing and for strengthening. You got a result there because you got something out of it. And if you had done nothing, you wouldn't have achieved even that. Sure, you may have kept yourself slightly safer and avoided another risk and, you know, life would have been maintained on the same small canvas, but ultimately you'll never know what you could have achieved if you didn't take that bold step. So I guess, I guess the key thing then really is to sum up and to say that actually these limiting beliefs only get changed by being challenged repeatedly and forming the new habits. And undoubtedly there are going to be times when you push forwards and you don't get what you wanted, things don't go as you'd hoped. There'll be those dates which are disasters that you kind of went on thinking actually you trusted in the judgement of the person who set you up and ultimately it turns out to be a disaster. But at least you went on the date and you met someone else in the process and maybe you formed some more ideas about what you wanted in a relationship. There'll always be those difficult conversations, either with a, with a boss at work or with a partner that degenerates into an argument or a disagreement. But at least you've had the conversation, at least you've had that difficult moment where you push through the, the limits and you actually had the conversation anyway. And you got it out of the way and you got it done. And you can move forwards. And there'll always be the business ventures that fail, you know, those that kind of don't result in the sales that you wanted or expected or the the kind of products that you ship that don't sell or the customers who who kind of you 
you end up losing because you haven't really met their needs properly. But fundamentally, you've taken the bold steps, you've taken the bold actions, and you can learn from them, you can grow from them, and you can strengthen from them. And then each time that you have taken action, you've got those four benefits. You can remind yourself that you pushed forwards through the limiting beliefs. You can remind yourself that you took action. You can remember that you were brave and you took the bold step. And you have further experiences upon which to learn, strengthen and grow. So I really hope that helps you. I've talked quite a bit there, I think, and I think each of these episodes, the next one gets longer than the previous. So thank you for sticking with me and I hope you're getting something of value out of this. I certainly am getting a lot of value from making them. So I'm grateful to you for listening too. And uh, thank you for your attention, for your time. And this is uh, Toby from Kintsugi Life, wishing you a good day and I'll see you next time. Thank you. This has been the Kintsugi Life podcast from Toby Hazelwood. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it useful and I'd welcome feedback or contact from you to let me know your thoughts. You can reach out on toby at kintsugilife.co. Thank you.